Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the globalized the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson bringing to you this week news from Brazil, the Philippines, France, the United States, and a see you in hell from a French collaborator back in World War II. Also, if you hear background noise, uh, my apologies, I turned on the dishwasher at an extremely inopportune time. So starting with Brazil, we have news that the Brazilian Attorney General Office, uh, abbreviated in Portuguese, the PGR, uh, is alleging uh, for the first time that Jair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, was involved with and incited uh, this sort of pseudo-coup that occurred in that country on September 7th, uh, their uh, Independence Day. Now, for those of you who remember and for those of you who don't, uh, on that day, Supporters of Bolsonaro uh, were on the verge of raiding the Brazilian Supreme Court building, and there were two major rallies in Brasilia and Sao Paulo. Um, these were seen as sort of maybe test runs for an actual coup attempt by Bolsonaro, or you know maybe maybe if things had gone well, they would have actually raided the Supreme Court building and tried to stop them uh, from allowing uh, the election to go forward in a way that Bolsonaro thinks he will lose. The news outlet O Globo in Brazil is reporting that this is the first time uh, that he's been named legally in this investigation. Uh, it possibly means that he's on the hook of, for uh, le- a legal indictment for his financial or political involvement in inciting these rallies. Uh, meanwhile, nearly 100 cities in Brazil have had anti-Bolsonaro protests this week. Uh, so what this means is that, like, shit is really heating up in the upcoming Brazilian election cycle. Uh, their election is next year in October. Uh, so whether or not this investigation goes forward, exactly what it means for Bolsonaro and his uh, career, we're going to have to see. Speaking of having to see, uh, we have some news out of the Philippines. Now, I reported earlier uh, that the president of the Philippines, uh, Duterte, uh, seemed like he was grooming his daughter to replace him as president. And that indeed seems to be what is happening. Uh, This week, Duterte announced his supposed retirement from politics and seemed to indicate that his daughter, Sarah Duterte Carpio, uh, will run for president in 2022. in the upcoming uh, Philippine presidential election. Uh, His daughter is the mayor of Davao, the city that he was the mayor of before he became the president. This is the third largest city in the Philippines. And she has a reputation for being a strong man, essentially very much in the mode of her father. However, this is a lot more complicated than it seems. Duterte has made announcements of his non-involvement in politics before, or only to sort of leap into the ring at the last minute in order to save the people from a choice that they weren't particularly excited about. Uh, It's also true that uh, his daughter herself, uh, Sarah Duterte Carpio, has not confirmed uh, that she will run for president. Uh, In fact, the last time she spoke about it, uh, she said that she was not running for national office next year. Instead, this might mean uh, that Duterte might get his uh, long, a longtime advisor of his and his vice president to run for president, uh, or that he might try to be his daughter's vice presidential candidate. Um, there's a whole lot of in and outs here. Things are remain very unclear, uh, probably once or if uh, there's any official confirmation uh, from Sarah Duterte Carpio about her candidacy. We'll know a little bit more, um, but this is very much an evolving situation. Uh, this is extremely important for Duterte himself because his being president or his holding national office of some kind is really, really important for determining whether or not he has immunity 
uh, for the crimes that he committed while president in his supposed war on drugs. Real quick, in France, we have some news of a arrests uh, in a COVID terrorism conspiracy. Uh, this would have involved bombings of several government offices uh, in Paris. Uh, so these uh, these people were thwarted. That's just a, just a real quick throwaway there. Uh, speaking of thwarted uh, terrorist events, we now turn to the United States. Uh, analysis of hacked fascist groups involved in the January 6th coup uh, in this country reveal uh, that New York Police Department members were present at rallies. This reporting is coming from Gothamist. Uh, specifically, these NYPD officers were involved in the Oath Keepers. Uh, now, for those of you who don't recall, the Oath Keepers are specifically a branch of the fascist movement in the United States that f essentially focuses on organizing law enforcement members, uh, people involved in the United States military, that sort of thing. Uh, these members of the NYPD are specifically ones who were involved in sort of like protest attention, protest lockdown, protest response type stuff. Uh, so the fact that they are actually involved like in fascist organizing is not particularly surprising. This is essentially what you have to expect uh, when it comes to uh, fascists participating in politics. Um, the MIPD is conducting its own review, and so is the city government, uh, according to Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York. Um, but it remains unclear about like exactly how this is going to play out, and, like how it will affect uh, these officers' careers, if at all, uh, how it would affect the way the MIPD uh, conducts itself or conducts itself as an organization vis-a-vis -vis the rise of fascism. And speaking of the uh, NYPD, and the rise of fascism, we have a very interesting piece of news coming out of the United States. This is from NBC, although it's reported everywhere. Uh, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, has raided the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. Uh, that's the SBA. Uh, the SBA is essentially the police union of the police in New York City. Uh, they raided the office earlier this week on Monday uh, at essentially unannounced. Uh, they answered no questions to reporters and left with cases upon cases of documents. Now, exactly what was in those cases, obviously, we don't know. Uh, the FBI says only that uh, this is part of an ongoing investigation of some criminal activity. Uh, it's unclear exactly what they're being investigated for. However, one hint is that in addition to raiding the headquarters of the SBA, the FBI also raided the headquarters, or not the headquarters, the home of the SBA's president, a man named Ed Mullins, who has been the leader of the SBA since 2002. Uh, Mullins is a longtime Trump supporter, a right-winger, fascist, essentially. Uh, he is an outspoken opponent of the Biden administration, an outspoken opponent of responses to COVID that have any bearing on epidemiology or, you know, uh, science of any kind. Um, he is essentially the archetype of a fascist cop. Uh, he wants the SBA to be a politically active entity, um, opposing the Democratic Party and advocating the interests of the extreme right in the United States. Uh, and his home was just uh, raided by the FBI. Uh, and uh, to make matters worse for him, uh, immediately after this, uh, he resigned as the president of the SBA, uh, which 
uh, is particularly interesting considering that his ability to be president was sort of arguable because he wasn't even like exactly on the payroll of the NYPD in the way that he's legally supposed to be in order to be president of the SBA, but that's sort of like neither here nor there. The important thing is that the FBI, the federal investigation group in the United States, has raided the headquarters of one of the largest police unions in the country. They've raided the headquarters of the president of that union, and they've done so uh, because of an ongoing criminal investigation. Obviously, we don't know uh, exactly what it is that they're being investigated for, but in light of what we now know about the involvement of the NYPD and NYPD officers in January 6th, uh, this could be potentially extremely explosive and very damning uh, to people like Ed Mullins, uh, who are sort of incipient fascist demagogues, right? Uh, we're going to have to stay tuned on this one. And because it's the FBI, uh, it could take an extremely long time uh, for this investigation to bear fruit. Uh, I also want to caution you that uh, just because the FBI is raiding these fascists, that doesn't make them the allies of anti-fascism, obviously. Uh, they are still a very oppressive branch of the federal government uh, that has been used to suppress uh, leftist uh, racial justice and many other types of organizing uh, in the past. So just, you know, obviously something to keep in mind here. And speaking of fascist demagogues and fascist cops, uh, we have our concluding segment this week, See You in Hell, a segment celebrating the deaths of prominent right-wing figures in history. Uh, this week, we are going back to World War II, as we so often do, uh, talking about a man named Joseph Darnan. Uh, Darnan was a French collaborator during World War II. Uh, he was a military hero during World War I, uh, where he was a relatively young soldier, and uh, achieved like some serious military success in the war. Uh, he joined up after the war. Uh, he joined the military again uh, right after the war to participate in the occupation of Germany. And uh, after his stint in occupying Germany in the 1920s, he returned to France and joined various right-wing political organizations, including uh, Action Francois, uh, Croix de Feu, and some even more secretive terrorist-type organizations that uh, conducted bombings and did a lot of anti-Semitic activity. After France's defeat, uh, which he participated in. He was a soldier on the Maginot Line. Uh, after France's defeat, he joined up with the collaborationist Vichy government, uh, the Vichy government of uh, Marshal Pétain, uh, whom I've spoken of before. Uh, this is the government of France that worked with the Nazis and essentially policed uh, and participated uh, in the occupation of southern France on behalf of Nazi Germany. Uh, Danon's special role in this uh, was as the leader of La Milice, uh, which was essentially a paramilitary police-type organization uh, that was supposed to remain essentially unarmed and do sort of like day-to-day -day policing work on behalf of the Germans, on behalf of the Wehrmacht, the German army, and the SS, uh, the army of the Nazi party specifically. Uh, so as the leader of La Milice, uh, uh, Danon actually even uh, joined uh, the SS, uh, that is, you know, this branch of the Nazi party. Uh, he joined it as a lieutenant. Uh, he was a relatively prominent foreign member of the SS. He pledged a personal oath to Adolf Hitler. Uh, you know, he was talking about how uh, it was regrettable that France had fought against Germany. Uh, he was an open anti-Semite. And uh, as the leader of La Milice, he directly participated in the Holocaust. He ordered uh, his soldiers to help the Germans 
to round up and identify Jewish people um, and to send them to concentration and extermination camps. Um, and he did this pretty openly, pretty brazenly. After D-Day, uh, Donon escaped to Germany uh, along with a lot of other French collaborators. Uh, and then after the invasions of Germany by the Allies, um, specifically by the Soviet Union, uh, he tried to escape again uh, to Italy. Uh, he was then found in Italy on the 3rd of October and was then sent back to France. Uh, he was quickly uh, tried and executed uh, for his collaboration and for his working with an enemy of France uh, and was uh, executed by firing squad this week in history, the 10th of October, 1945. Uh, so, Joseph Donon, we will see you in hell. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics, uh, and saying that if you like the podcast, uh, please like, share, subscribe, comment, uh, do whatever it is. Uh, please leave a review um, on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this to on. Uh, please check out my Twitter at Hist of the Right. That's H-I-S-T of the right, all one word. Uh, that's me on Twitter. Uh, if you have something that you want to say to me, a comment, a question, uh, a correction, uh, you can email me at 15minutesoffascism at gmail.com. And if you really liked and appreciated the podcast, um, you can join my Patreon at 15minutesoffascism at patreon.com. Uh, that uh, is a site where I'm adding some uh, Patreon-exclusive content recently. Uh, these are personal stories about my attempts to study the right wing throughout Latin America and Europe. So if you're interested in those stories, uh, check them out. All right. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you next week.